With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TPV Radio, Central Texas. This is ARB. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Brother Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by appointment only. Coming to you on June 6th, it is our Saturday buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me. Let's go. At Michelle's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. The following program will change the way you think and lead you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listeners, discretion is advised. You're listening to Dorothy Patterson, the reality, the reality show, right now on TPV Radio. Welcome. I'm Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, liberating minds, transforming lives. Romans 12, 2 through 3. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. 
For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Let's get today's show started. that was started by a dear friend of mine. I've known him and his wife for the last maybe 20 plus years. And I thought it was such an appropriate show to do to, show to do this week, considering everything that we have going on and uh, the racial disparate discrepancies that we have amongst uh, whites and blacks at this point in time. And this gentleman here has been a soldier in my life for so long. And him being who he is has impacted me, and he's shown me a lot about myself and a lot about how love is supposed to be. It bears no color. And he definitely, definitely has shown me a lot. But before we get into this show, let me say a quick prayer. Father God, we thank you, our Father, for being who you are. Thank you for another opportunity to say something to your people. Father, if I say anything that is not of you, I ask you not to let it come out of my mouth. Lord, and if my guest or anyone that is listening or giving an opinion on the show has something to say that is not going to glorify you, we ask you not to let that be uttered out of their mouth. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for bringing peace and harmony harmony amongst the people here in America and all over the world. We thank you again in advance. And it is in your son Jesus' name that we pray and we ask all these things because we know you can do all and be all that we can even think or imagine. In the mighty name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Like I said, I am just excited to be here again. And I want, and, and the flyer says, get to know me. Let me tell you who I am. First of all, I'm a mother. Of two, but I'm a mother, a grandmother of two biracial grandsons. They're Hispanic. Well, they're black and Hispanic. And I was talking to Craig about some things going on and how does he handle this and how does he handle that. And he would share with me his opinion about different things and how um, 
he felt about certain situations. And I happened to see his post. He sent it to me. And I'm telling you, you guys, you guys got to go out there and find his video footage. And matter of fact, he will tell you how to find it. And I also will post a link to go and see it because it is so profound on how he came about know me. Know me. And I want you to know me. Get to know me before you judge me. Do not judge me by the color. Judge me by my voice. This is how I treat you. And let me tell you, everybody's got a mask on saying everything, but I want you to know I'm going to get a mask to say I'm still smiling in spite of it all. I'm still smiling. So that's who I want you to know me as a person who understands life happens and it's not anyone's fault. It's just my destination, my journey, my my. my destiny, my whatever you want to call it. But I want to bring him on here because he's going to really give us some good insight from the perspective of a man being white, married to a black woman. And he's got so much information to share. And I am so honored to have him here with me, Mr. Craig Batash, founder of Know Me Organization, on the Know Me Cause. I don't know exactly. I know it's Know Me. But he'll explain to you who he really is. Can you bring him on? Craig, please come on. Are you there, Craig? Hello? Am I muted? Oh, there you go, Craig. Can can you hear us now? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Welcome, 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 welcome. Wonderful. How are you? Well, I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate you you bringing me on for such what I think is uh, an important time in our lives and uh, also for your listeners um, because I don't know I, – I know a little bit about your listenership, and, and but I want this to reach the masses. I, I, what I want people to take from today – is not only a message of unity, um, and I know this happens to be at an un, very unprecedented time and in, in, in a, unfortunately, a time that keeps rearing its ugly head uh, in our society, that this has been going on, obviously, I don't need to tell you, but this has been going on too long, and it needs to stop, and, and we need people to come, you know, come together as one and uh, be unified, and that's what this whole thing started out. So, you tell me what direction you want me to go. Do you want me to start out by telling a little bit about what this is about? Uh, well, I'm, I'm here at your, you at your disposal. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for your your candid conversation that you're going to give. And if you're listening and you have a question for myself or Mr. Batash, he will be more than happy and honored to answer any of your questions because we want you to understand it from any perspective, especially coming from the horse's mouth, per to say. What I would like for you to do, uh, Mr. Batash, is can you give us a little history about who you are? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Craig Batash. Um, I moved down. I grew up in the middle of uh, little farm country, Nebraska, and, and I moved down to Dallas, Texas, in 93, uh, met my wife uh, down here, and then uh, we've raised two beautiful boys uh, here in Dallas. Uh, uh, 
the crazy thing is they're not boys anymore. They're young men. Uh, my, our oldest is 27 years old, which blows my mind. And uh, my our youngest, our, yeah, and our baby is 21, which uh, doesn't make much sense. I don't think I'm that old, but I guess I am. Um, but, you know, what, what, a little bit about me, uh, over the years, I've, I've become a successful businessman. I've owned my own business. Um, and then I've also started uh, what I think the most important thing I've done in my life is um, I've started this, this, this movement, Know Me. Um, and this came about actually a few years ago, uh, as you stated to, your, to your, uh, your viewers and your listeners, that uh, I did start this. Uh, I, uh, excuse me. I am married to an African-American woman. Um, I'm, I do have uh, a biracial child. My oldest son, uh, Xavier and Cameron, uh, they're, they're both uh, great kids, or young men, I should say. Uh, and a few years back, this actually started bothering me as I heard more and more over the years of what was going on in our world. And as a white male um, raising children of different colors, I wanted to do something. I felt I had to do something. But yet, you know, we, we always take that stance of if something's uncomfortable, we don't talk about it or things Absolutely. are going to get better. Right. And, and we, yeah, and we view the world as we're going to get better and we see a little bit of progress. So we go back to our normal, you know, scheduled programs and we do our work and we, we, we just kind of sweep everything underneath the rug. Um, mm-hmm. a, couple of, a couple of years ago, which this is kind of my story, uh, where Nomi came from, Two, a couple of years ago, uh, the gentleman up in Minneapolis, I believe he was in Minneapolis, was sitting in his car with his daughter and his fiance, and was shot dead by a policeman after he made an announcement that he was a, a, a gun carrier. Uh, and he okay, was now, murdered. what's so significant? What's so significant about that? Was he of a different nationality? Yeah, so that was the the black male that was murdered up in uh, Minneapolis um, by the the police officer sitting in his car, and he t- made the announcement. And I looked at my wife, and I said, I said, you know, this is this has got to stop. This is just, I mean, this we just keep hearing story after story after story. And I actually thought of like, okay, I'm going to write something, and I want to do a social media piece and start something that will bring conversation so all races. And different races can can conversate and get to know where we can actually, uh, you know, find a little bit of common ground and understand each other. And I actually reached out to a great friend of mine, uh, Scott Aritam, here in Dallas, and we actually kind of brainstormed a little bit about names. And I he said, well, why don't you? And he's a black man, and he said, well, why don't you something that's called Know Me, like get to know me. Don't uh-huh. judge me by my by my stereo. Don't stereotype me. Don't judge me by my skin. Don't know me as just a a business guy. Know me as a human being. So, uh, unfortunately, two years ago I got busy and like again I put it on the back burner. And then, unfortunately, uh, COVID nineteen happened, and I found myself uh, kind of with a little bit of free time, like a lot of people did. And Let me I interject literally. Real quick. Um, Craig, yes. 
So Know Me was not necessarily started because of color, but it was started because you wanted people to get to know you? Well, no, it was it was not just me. It was so people can get to know different nationalities and different ethnicities and know who they are and don't judge them by their skin color. Don't judge okay. them by that, that they're an African-American male or woman. I, this is not just a male-dominated thing. This is, I don't want to be clear on this. This is about every race. This is about every um, uh, ethnicity, every gender, every sexual orientation. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you worship. What I want, and I don't care what color you are, what I want is, is people to know people for who they are and don't judge them, don't be scared of them, don't hate them. We, you know, there's a, there's a great saying out there that love conquers all. You either love me or you hate me. And, and, and we need to get past the hate. Hate, mm-hmm. hate has no more – there's no more room for hate anymore. And that's no, the bottom line. No, not at all. Not at all. So, so basically, you sitting back watching this, and I'm assuming this was a black guy sitting in the car. He told a police officer he was a gun carrier, and he was shot instantaneously. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, I believe he was going to show him his permit, and as he was pulling it out, the Oh, reaching for the glove compartment. He was, re- he was reaching yeah. into his glove compartment. Am I correct? I believe so. Is that so. the story? No, it's... Okay, okay. I now so. I'm with I, I remember it. But I remember, and you see how quickly, okay, listeners and viewers, you see how quickly we can just lose sight of things? This was such a big, this was a huge news piece. Am I correct? And I mean, we have yes. to stay on top of these things. We forget about them. We go on, we start living our lives, and we go back to our daily routines, and we forget about what is happening. And that's how things get swept under the rug. We never remember. We get up, we go about life as normal. And then before we know it, we've forgotten about the big story before. I mean, we've had so many of these cases where they just happen over and over again, but they're happening so fast that we don't have time to sit back and remember the last one. Would you say that somewhat? Would you agree with that somewhat? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and I think that's, that's my whole point uh, here was because literally two years later or a year and a half later, I'm sitting here in my house, and I'm going, okay, what am I going to do? And I, and I actually was, was having some fun with it by getting online and talking to people and did, did a little, you know, quarantine karaoke. I was having some fun, and then I started thinking, well, why am I wasting time and, and not going back to this thing I wanted to get to two years ago? Why am I not speaking out for my, my, my sons? You know, because over the years, Ms. Dorothy, I've been, I've been told numerous times, well, Craig, you can speak out because you're you're married to a black woman. And I always correct them. I said, well, I don't think I can. And here's why I said that at that time. I'm not a black man. I can't speak for black men. I don't know their struggles. I don't know their pain. I don't know what they feel when someone pulls them over or if someone clutches their purse tighter. I don't know that feeling. But what I do know is I know how I feel for my fellow brothers my friends, my family members, and my sons. I know what my wife tells me, what, her, what she went through. That's the, the, the experiences I can take from, and that's why I wanted to start this, so we can actually start bridging the gap of communication between races, not just a white and black thing anymore. This is we need to come together. We're one race. We need to dispel stereotypes, 
and we need to stand up and, 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 and put a voice. And that means everyone. That means, that, and I've had, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but I've had numerous people reach out to me after I released this video, and they've, they've had their thoughts, and they've, they've asked me questions. And I don't have all the answers, and nor do I claim to have all the answers. But what I do is I have a perspective because I live in both worlds, and wow. I'm trying, and if I can think of, if I, if I can at least affect one person for change in their heart and change their perceptions of how they need to view things, then, then I've done my job. Wow, that is, that, is, that, is just, that is so awesome. And now, you know, um, now, you, you know, I'm the reality coach, and it's time to sit at the taboo table. We're going to talk about some, some subjects that I think need to be discussed so we can get a better perspective from a man who, like he said, he lives both sides of the world. He can't truly understand from a black man's perspective, but he can understand from a white man's perspective, and then he can understand his wife's uh, perspective because he's married to her. The pains that she felt, he's probably experienced it. And I, I, okay, let me ask you this. Let me just get to some meat here. Let's put some meat on the plate. Okay, here's the first piece of meat I want to lay on the plate at the taboo table. Have you ever been in a situation where your wife has been judged, where maybe, say, for instance, let's give an example, hypothetically. You're at a store, and your wife is in the store, and, and, and she's being handled wrongly by someone white, and they're not knowing that she's married to someone white. You come up, have you seen the whole, have you ever been in a situation where the whole situation shifts? Because you come up, the white guy comes up to rescue the black woman? Well, have I have I been in a situation where someone is uh, de- either degrading her or taking uh, or or abusing her while they don't realize who I am? Yes. You know what? That's a great question, Dorothy. <laughs> I I don't have anything off the top of my head that that that's ever happened because um, the only thing I can think of is. Is we you know we've had certain situations where people have for example I'll tell you this there's there's a certain retail store and I did something that my wife after we left the store and I'll tell you this story uh, where she looked at me and she said I would have never got away with something like that because I couldn't have done that we were at a store and I'm not going to name who it was okay and we were getting we were getting some supplies for something for. Uh, at that time, my son was in school, and uh, we were there. And the lady was uh, the, the lady that was checking us out uh, was was being very rude. Uh, to give you a, a, a you know Cliff Notes version here, and she was being very rude to my wife, and she was being rude to, to me, and she literally said something to my wife, and kind of got into her face, and. And I lost, you know, kind of got defended her, obviously, and it wasn't because my wife's black or anything, but I defended her because it was my wife. You know, that's how I look at it. Well, if you want to say – if you want to say because she's black, I ain't mad, but okay, go ahead. I'm just saying. I got, I got you. But <laughs> long story short, I was, I was done with – I was done with that because this lady had, had disrespected us, and we got the, the store manager over there, and mm-hmm. – uh, and and we told her what what happened, and the lady finally they got the lady to 
you know, to leave. But I told her, I said, well, and I told the store manager, I was done talking about it, and I need to leave this merchandise, and I'm not paying for it. Mm-hmm. And the manager, and white manager, looked at me, and she said, okay, well, you can go. And I walked out the store with my bag of, uh, you know, items, and I was going to give a bag to my wife, and she looked at me, and she shook her head, no, she ain't taking nothing out of my hand. And we walked out the store, and my wife goes, I can't even believe that just happened because that would have never happened if I would have tried to do something like that. And so wait and a minute, let me let me let me back up. I, I must have missed something. Let me see. So you actually got to leave the store with the items and didn't pay for them? Correct. Oh no, no, show enough wouldn't look. I'm gonna say it in black folks. It's show enough wouldn't happen. It's show enough wouldn't happen if your wife had tried that. Oh no. She did, the police right. would have been called and everything else. But go ahead, Craig. So that was something that you pointed out. And wait, um, I and I and I and 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 I do know of because, like I said, you guys, I've known Craig for Craig and his wife for a long time, and I have seen them grow. I've seen them just blow and grow at the same time, and I've watched their children grow and glow at the same time. I remember one time one of his sons. Was well, actually, it wasn't long ago. In today's time, in 2020, your son was filming a. Uh, he, her, his son is an actor, and he was filming. And do you remember? You know what I'm talking about, Craig? Uh, definitely. You're talking about the. Uh, we were in a certain area. And, okay. Uh, yeah, can you explain was, that so they'll it. know that this does happen in 2020? But go ahead. How his his skin color. Not his character, but his skin color has gotten him to help his wife and his son because of their color. You, you, you understand? Uh, yes. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about that incident. Tell me about that incident. This is going to blow y'all's mind. Hold on. Go ahead, Chris, because I'll mess up the story. I'll go ahead. I'll tell it all. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're good. So he was, they were in a certain part of Dallas uh, sh- shooting a, uh, a movie scene. Uh, he is an actor in a boxing movie that's going to be actually finishing up and coming out this uh, this fall, which will obviously give you the information later, so you can post that when it comes out. <laughs> but all right, we, we'll do. So it was a bunch of a g- bunch of gentlemen in this scene are minority, and they were doing a kind of a a fight scene and a gun battle, if you will. And so they have prop guns, obviously, and we have the, the directors on set. It's not in the greatest part of the, of, of the town of Dallas. Uh, so I was sitting in my car, and I, I was kind of sitting there on purpose because I figured if any police gets called from the neighbors, because even though it was a, it was a closed movie set, it was at a, at a home, you know, I, I had in my mind, well, I'm going to try to get out and handle this before it escalates with them thinking they have guns in their hands. So now we're talking they have permits and all that stuff to shoot a movie. But you know, you just never know. And okay, now, enough, they didn't have, now, now hold on, Craig. There were cameras. There was there was a whole movie crew there, so it wasn't like correct. you didn't know it was a movie. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah, there was. Just thought I'd make sure people was, understand and get a clear visual oh of what what was really happening. Okay, go ahead, Craig. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. And then, uh, so literally, a, a you know, a couple squad units did uh, pull up. And they started questioning a couple of neighbors, and I saw them walking towards the set. So I got out of my car and stood there, so they would literally have to walk right past me. And 
And I said, hey, what's going on? And, and you know, started a conversation. They didn't know who I was from, you know, the clip. And uh, they asked, you know, what was going on? I said, uh, would you guys get a call? And they go, oh, yeah, we were told uh, some, some, there were some gentlemen here with, or some guys with guns. I said, oh, you mean they're shooting a movie over here. My son's involved in it. And uh, he goes, oh, okay. He goes, and then he, he asked for some descriptions and what they were wearing, and I told him, and and uh, that's exactly what happened. They literally said, oh, okay, well, we didn't realize it was a movie. No problem. They never went down and even questioned or even asked any questions. They literally took my word and turned around and left. So, so I mean, would, it, would have that happened when I was there? I don't know. Well, let me get – well, hold on. Let me give you the real picture. Okay, now, you all – they're filming. Well, I don't know the real picture, but I do know the picture that has been painted, and it's been very vividly real to a lot of black people. Especially if you're saying that they were filming a gun scene in the per se, um, you say the 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 not not one of the better areas in Dallas. I'll say in the hood. That's our terminology. They're shooting a movie in the hood. You walk. You not there. Now I take it that these were were these all black black young men or were there a mix of was there a variation of shades? No, there was different. Yeah, there was different ethnicities. Uh, you had in fact you had uh, Asian uh, men, you had some uh, Hispanic men, and some and some black men. Okay, well, well, you had all minorities. That's the first. That's the first problem right there. So it would have been a problem. Trust me, if there were if there were just all minorities. There. So let me tell you what. What I can envision happening, and if I'm wrong, I, I, I don't mind being wrong. But time and time again, this is more than 95% of the time true. If you had not been there, they would have went up to those young men. We don't know. They would have went up to them and questioned them and asked so many questions to them. They would have interrogated them right there on the scene. First of all, I'm sure once they saw those toy guns, they would have drawn their guns. So it could have got ugly because they're filming. They don't know if these are real cops, whatever. They don't know. And maybe the director can't get there fast enough. But I think that it was very good of you to be there because I feel like if you hadn't been there, I don't think it would have been as easy go as it went. I think it would have been a little more intense. Yeah, and I and I, I pray that it would have, but you know you don't know in these times anymore. And it's just it's sad that the, we're that we're at this point and uh, you know point where we are in our lives that we we can't be comfortable with something like that, and and, and it should be as that easy, you know, but it's not. We can't think um, positive. We always have to think in the negative. We we I mean we've been put in the negative so much we can't even think positive. I mean. Seriously, ain't no way, Craig, I'm just telling you, ain't no way no black man would have been standing up there talking about my son over here shooting a movie and nobody going and getting no more questions. They didn't went and looked for the white man to tell them that this is true. I'm sorry. That's just the way we, we have to look at things now. I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, like I said, we having candid conversation. It's true. It's raw but real truth right about now. Nine times out of ten, they would have went and looked for the, the white man would have had to come and tell them that in order for them to go and believe it. But ain't no black man would have been able to stand there and say, oh, my son's in the movie and he's doing this and he's doing that. And did they see the film? Did they see the cameras? Were you able, maybe maybe they saw the cameras. Did they no. see them? No they, they, no, they didn't even get that close to the Oh, okay, you just they, missed it. Man, you, look, you just missed it all up. Let me go back to what I was saying. You know <laughs> ain't nobody black would have got to do that. Let me just go on back and be truthful. Ain't nobody black would have got away with that foolishness. 
No way. No way. They would have went and searched the house high and low with a knock on the door to see if it was really a film. Especially in the hood. Okay, well, thank you for saying that for your son. Because I don't think it would have turned out like that. I mean, I'm not saying it would have turned out bad, but I know it would have been a lot of questions. They'd have had to pause the footage. Right. They wouldn't have been able to keep filming. They would have had to say, cut. Hold on. They didn't have, they didn't have to say yep. cut. They didn't have to stop uh, filming. You know what? Yeah, they definitely stopped filming because, in fact, they, uh, yeah, they, they didn't want any trouble because they, they saw the police coming up. So they were, they had dropped the guns and everything, and, and the, the director told them to hold on a second, and, and he was actually going to be coming over there. But like I said, the police turned around at, as soon as I told them, they were gone within a couple of minutes. So, wow. Well, like I, said, I think that's, that's what the whole. Whoop, go ahead. So they they immediately now you know it's sad that a director. Because of where he is, they're filming and the, what they're filming, an uh, uh, actual violence scene. And he, it's good that your son is working with a director that's in tune with what's going on around him. And he knows how to tell them, hey, let's cut. He didn't, you know, he didn't care more about his movie than he did the men that are in the movie. You know, because correct, it's sad correct. that we have to get to the point where we got to say, stop and freeze. I mean, it's so bad sometimes, even where I live. I was I, I ran for city council in, in the city that I live in, and as I was walking down the street and I was seeing these little boys, their mother came outside and told me. This came out of their mother's mouth. These little boys was like 9, 10, somewhere between the ages of 9 to 11 or 12 or something like that. They were outside playing with some um, Nerf guns, some, some fake guns. Do you know when the police came down the street, the little boys dropped the guns and ran in the house? And their mother only shared this with me because she said it's sad that the police never take the time when they're in a neighborhood and they see kids. She said, I felt like they should have taken the time to see that these kids are afraid. They're running from them into the house. They didn't even take the time to stop and say hello to the little boys to let them know, no, we're not here. We're, we're just riding through. It's okay to play with guns. But, it, but my point is, it's sad the little black boys Little children who are outside playing with Nerf water guns see the police and they're dropping their guns and running and saying, Mommy, Mama. They're running to the mother. So it, 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 just, it just blew my mind as, a, as, a, as a, a potential city council personnel that we have this going on in my city. That would have been one of the first things that I would require that police get into the neighborhood, be foot soldiers like they used to be so people can, we can start bridging this this this, this gap that we hit, this big divide that we have going on. Well, that's where that's, this whole thing came from, uh, Ms. Dorothy. This is why it's it's our turn as mm-hmm. human beings, as every, every, once again, every race needs to come together and say, enough's enough. The time is now. We need to uh, you know, for example, I had a, a good friend uh, call me not too long ago, uh, literally after this, this message came out. And uh, he said, Craig, listen, you know, I'm, he goes, I, I hear your message. I saw it. He goes, he goes but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 45-year-old white male. What, mm-hmm. can I, what can I say or do to make this better? He goes, what, what do I have to offer to make this situation better? I said, well, I said, well first of all, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, he, he's a dear friend of mine. He he knows, you know, he has, he, he knows who I am. He knows my family very well. Uh, 
who's the best, you know, one of our, my best friends for numerous years. And he said, he goes, I don't, I don't know what I can do. And I said, here's what we can do. We need to start. It's great that you're here now, but what it, you know, and then another gentleman, uh, another friend had, had, had uh, called me as well. And I've like, I've told that a lot of people, it's good you're here now. The time is now because, you know, wh- where have you been? I, I told that to one of my other friends, but where have you been? Because we do have friends, family, you, you know someone that's, that's uh, black or, or Hispanic or Asian or whatever. So why are, we, why are we not standing up? And I'm not saying they did, haven't. What I'm saying is as a whole, everyone needs to stand up. Everyone. Okay. I'm, I'm, talking, let, I'm let. talking about black, white, Hispanic, Asian. I don't care who you are. We need to eliminate racial injustice. Well, now, Craig, that sounds, that sounds, that is so true. It is so true in a wonderful world. But let me tell you, uh, and and, and just speaking from my own perspective, being a black woman, now, if I am surrounded by, I I get along with everybody. I'm just me. I'm smiling. I'm happy. I'm I'm a good person to be around. I keep it 100% real. Everybody knows me. You know me to be the same today, tomorrow, and all of that. So, let me uh, let me say this. Me being encompassed around a lot of white women, whenever I am, and I, there's some black women in the room, the first thing they say is, she the chosen. Oh, they're going to get tired of her. So I can see why your friends may have not said or done anything because they don't know what to do. First of all, if they try to go over and help in one area, then there's a possibility that it ain't going to work. There's a possibility it's not going to work for the simple fact that the whites are going to say, oh, he's an in-lover. You know what I'm saying? Or she's an in-lover. That's just the way it goes amongst their own cultures. And there is so much, so much racial discrimination within the cultures itself. Correct. So they're thinking from both sides. They don't know what to do. They don't know. And now I think it's beautiful that they have. We have a white guy and many white people that are to the point now that we're. Hey, look, you ain't going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. What can we do to get along? Get to know me. That's, That's exactly why right. it's so important for your act, your organization to get the get the the notoriety that it so deservingly needs because. We need to get to know people now. Don't look at the outside of me. Know the inside of me. Yes, ma'am. And that's you're you're you are preaching to the choir. That is exactly why I, I, I that's why I wanted to make sure that this was made and that we could because we, you know we we get to a certain point, Miss Dorothy, where once again this eventually these situations meaning what's just happened in the last month. These two situations will simmer down a little bit, and everybody's mm-hmm. going to go back to seeing kumbaya that things have gotten better, and we're going to go back to our normal lives, and people are going to not forget, because obviously these are not forgettable moments, but we're going to, the things are going to simmer down and, and until the next thing happens, and then we're going to bring it all back up again. Well, my goal is not to let it simmer down. I want this to keep growing and growing, and I want people to have conversation. I want I want people to feel uncomfortable. 
I want my friends, and I'm not saying all my friends are like this. I'm saying what I'm saying is I want some friends that maybe have never asked a question say, hey, Craig, I do have questions. I do want people in the community to feel uh, uncomfortable in a bad way. I want them to feel uncomfortable to feel like, you know what, I've never spoke up. What can I do? What, how can I make this better? What can we do to speak, speak up against racial injustice and, and stereotyping? And that's what we need to do. We need to do this as a collective. This is not just, for example, it used to be, I had one friend say to me years ago, he said, well, you know, I just, I just don't have, you know, I don't know many black people, so I don't, you know, this doesn't really affect me. I said, well, but you know me. And he goes, well, I didn't think about it that way. I said, well, why not? You know Jackie. Well, yeah, but she's married to you. I said, well, so she's one of the good ones? I mean, what does that mean? You know, what, what is, and what I'm that telling mean? you, right now, now, Craig, hold that thought right there. Now, now that one is the one that gets me. Let me tell you, you know, I, 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 I've had someone say that to me. Oh, no, no, this is what they say. Oh, you, 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 you're not like them. Who is, who, first right. of all, who is them? At the end of the right. day, I, had, I, literally, I literally had a doctor sitting in my chair tell me, oh, you're not like them. And before you knew it, I stopped working on the head. I said, now, 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 excuse me, what did you just say to me? Who is them? Who is them? So I understand when they say she's one of the good ones or she's not, she's married to you. Oh, so she gets a pass because she's married to you. Matter of fact, I don't mean to cut that off, but let me ask you this. What does your wife say to you? What is what, how how do you, what is some of y'all's conversation like? Let's put some more meat on this plate at the table. <laughs> what is y'all's conversation like? Well, I'll tell you this. I'll I'll, I'll give you another story. Okay. So twenty, I, we 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 just celebrated twenty five years of marriage. Okay. Mm. Ooh, and, <laughs> and I'll say this. For 24 years and five months, we're only in our six months, so you, this candid conversation took place about a month ago. I've always wow. been one of those people that, so for, for all those years, I've been beating the drum saying, well, you know, I don't see color, and I see this, and I see that. And my wife actually sat down with me and, and made me realize, she said, but I want you to see me as a black woman. I want you to see me as a, as a color. I want you to see... We that that phrase actually is kind of hurtful, and I didn't see it that way, Miss Dorothy. I didn't see it in her eyes that she's right. I should. It's not that that I chose her because she was black, or or I don't go around. Right, right. We get it. We get it. You chose because you were attracted to her. Right, but but I never realized that that I was saying it wrong. I was, I was, and I've had actually other friends not too long ago. I was on another uh, call with another friend, and he was asking questions and, and, and saying, okay, what can he do? And he said, well, you know, Craig, I don't see color. I said, I'm so glad you said that because up until two weeks ago, I said the same exact thing, and I gave him some insight. I said that we need to see them. We need to see them for the person. Once again, get past the stereotype, get past the, 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 the skin color. Let's see people as people, but also don't forget who they are. Don't. It's for example, it's like uh, the different the different uh, slogans out there of of you know people get so caught up in, in the different um, 
or what do you call it, the causes and the, and the movements right now, right? You have your different well, groups. Right. And, and well, everybody's it, shouting for their own race, right? Well, mm-hmm, why? Mm-hmm, that's not what, what NOMI is about, is for us to get past, past that, and we're one race. It's our turn, our time is now, to take a stand and know people for who they are, not for them. Don't forget who they are. Don't look over that they're uh, an Asian uh, a woman or an Asian man or a Hispanic male or a Hispanic uh, woman or a black male and a black female or a white male and a white female. But get to know them as a person, not just because, well, they're an author or they're a garbage collector or whatever, but we need to see them as people. We need to see them well, as human beings. Now, you know I'm going back to this, this, this table here. Now, you know I'm going back. Now, how in the back world? To, back to what? Now, I'm going back to this table, this piece of meat you just put on this table by not knowing your wife, not seeing her color. Now, now, now Craig, now you know I know your wife. Ain't no, I don't know how you even got away with it. Because she's so, she's so who she is, and you know it. I mean, come on now. And matter of fact, she just wrote a comment. I believe in having hard, uncomfortable conversations. That is the only reason why we have lasted 25 years. Now, Craig, you know I know that Miss Vitage don't play like that. And neither does her family. Right. And, and, and neither you are, do you. You, you know, right. I just want to tell you, on, on the record, y'all, sometimes you can be around people so long that you can kind of, you know, Craig, you know. You know, <laughs> but anyway, yes, I'm, just, I'm just having a little fun. But let me let me say this as well. Now, um, that was one incident. Now, here's another piece of we just gonna put a little gravy on it now. So, have you been in a situation to where you're sitting somewhere or you're in a conversation with people? Oops, say that again. Well, I hear some feedback in the background. I don't know. Maybe someone's phone. But anyway, it's yeah. on now. But um, have you been in like a that. – si- si- oh, that's all right. Have you been in a situation where you're in a room with all of your people? I'm talking about white people. Not my people. My people are black. Okay, when I say your people, I'm talking about white people. When I say my people, I'm talking about black people. And, and, okay. You, you, oh, look, I know you know. Anyway, your people. <laughs> <laughs> When you're in a room with, 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 with all white people, I'm just kidding, you guys. This is not about that. This is really trying to bring some light into a dark place. When you're in a room with just people of your own culture, have you found them to want to – how do you eliminate the, the jokes? Because in my culture, we do it, and I know if we do it, I know everybody does. So how do you keep it from, from – um, how do you keep it from escalating? Because I know that once one person is allowed to tell one joke, one little small joke, it'll get bigger and bigger. So have you ever had to deal with a situation like that where they're, 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 they're joking around about black, my people, to you, and not knowing, not knowing that your wife is my people and your sons are part of my people too? So have you ever had to experience that? And if so, tell us how you handled that situation. Yeah, that actually happened. Uh, you know, I'll start by saying this. Everyone that I've been associated with that, that knows me and my family, uh, 90% of the time, would never say anything inappropriate. Now, do, do I think that they think 
and it's probably just be, maybe it's the people I keep company with. Uh, there's only a couple of instances where uh, I started a new job years ago, and there was there was a group of guys that were getting ready to tell some off-color jokes. Now I don't know which way they were going because I didn't let them get to that part. Because as they were getting ready to say a couple of jokes, I just warned them, say, "Hey, let me give you a little background of who I am, just so." And and I and I think maybe once again it's the uncomfortableness of having those conversations. I didn't want them to say anything inappropriate. Then I'm going to have to, you know, basically pop off. So, you know, I, I don't want to have to be in that situation if I can control it. Now there oh. was one situation. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'll, you know, I'm gonna hold my question. I, I'm, I'm gonna remember it. I'm gonna come back to it. Go ahead. Finish uh-huh. your story because you might forget yours. I ain't gonna forget no. mine. Go ahead. No, no worries. Uh, there was one instance where I was a, uh, and I won't say the store, but I was a store manager numerous years ago, back in my youth, uh, right when we were first married, and I was unloading a truck, and I have, at that time, uh, I had, you know, employees that were in different ethnicities. And one of the young men that worked for me was a black male, and we were unloading this truck uh, to put merchandise in the stock room. And literally, we he got called up to the front to help a customer, uh, and I was just there with the the, the truck uh, uh, truck driver, and he happened to be a white young uh, young white man, and he started making really off color comments to me, thinking it was just us two there, and said very inappropriate things, uh, used the, used the N word. He used many derogatory comments and I stopped him. I stopped him immediately. Uh, I, I said, Hey, listen, I don't, you don't know who I am. You don't even, I mean, how can you just be having a candid conversation with someone and not even know who you're talking to? And that, there's no place for that. So I called the DM, the district manager came down. He was actually very close. Uh, we shut the, Shut, shut the truck up and, and call the corporate office, and they fired the guy on the spot, and they brought someone wow. else in. I mean, uh, they're, they're, well, they're, and here's my my whole point on that is there's no tolerance for that. I've never I, never tolerated anyone doing anything demeaning to anyone, much less talking about my family, my friends, or my employees, or anyone for that matter. And that's where we, like I said, what, that's where we need to all get to. Okay, now, 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 you know, you know, I'm the reality coach now. Let me ask you: Did you just do that because you married to a black woman? Or did you do that because that's who you were? Oh, I, I that's who I am. I mean, I've, I've that part. Yeah, I my my parents raised. I mean, where we were raised, and I'm not saying this discrimination doesn't uh, exist. You know, obviously mm-hmm. everywhere, unfortunately. Uh, but was I raised that way? No. no. We, we were raised to, to love one another, uh, and I'm not trying to beat the Christian, Christian uh, aspect of it, but we were raised in a Christian household with a background of loving one another and being respectful. And, uh, you know, and I, like I said, are, are, are all of my – am I perfect? No. Is anyone perfect in this life? No. But I've, I've tried to live the best life I can, and – once again, my whole goal in life is everyone is a human being. Listen, at the end of the day, we take away skin, we take away gender, we take away sexual orientation, we take away our, our beliefs, we take away political party. And, and, and at the end of the day, we're all human beings. 
we all are trying to live for a couple of things. We're all trying to live for some peace, love, and some happiness. And that's it. And and at the end of the day, and I'll say this, I'll say this time and time again, you will hear me say this, if I need blood to live a little longer, because I say God's not through with me yet, I don't care who the blood comes from as long as it's human and, it's my, and it matches my blood type. I don't care. Yes, and, 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 Lord, and since we going, since we having to be bilingual, can you give me some uh, Spanish blood? Maybe I can learn Spanish quicker. I don't know. I'm just saying, <laughs> y'all. I need to be bilingual. I'm serious. So that's just a little joke. You know, I'm just always doing something. But here's what, here's what I'd like to say, Craig. So do you think that the methodology in which you use and utilize to keep the conversation from going further than it needs to be will it help other people no matter what race you what race you are if you hear someone getting ready to make a racially charged joke or something that can become offensive if you stop it before it continues do you think that this would be one methodology that might start bridging the gap just a little bit well a little bit i mean that's that's just one aspect of it right that's a small small aspect is to call people out when they're doing something that's not the right way. I mean, listen, are we all, do we all make jokes? Sure. Absolutely. Have I heard everybody say jokes about their own race? Sure. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I mean, my gosh, I don't, I don't know anyone that's never heard a joke about their own race or about other races. I mean, that's, that's just, I mean, if, if, unless you're living under a rock, I mean, that's just, that's not right. going to happen. But when it's hurtful towards people, when it's when it's when it's meant in a demeaning way, when in it when it's uh, putting someone down, there's no reason for that anymore. There, and and, and mm-hmm. it well, never was. But like I said, anymore I shouldn't even use the word anymore because it was never uh, uh, acceptable. But once again, the time is now. We we have mm-hmm. an opportunity with the unfortunate events that have happened, and this is actually this was Nomi was made totally this was unfortunately the things that have happened in the past two months was totally coincidental with us making this we actually had this scheduled to shoot this shoot this little uh, uh well it turned out to be three minute uh video that we did for social media and like i said we'll include the link so you guys can go watch it i, I really want you to share it and get to know it um it what this was whole deal was about was to bring unity so everybody can stand up against social and racial injustice, and we can be better. That's the whole deal. We need to be better. Right, right. So period. Okay, so let me ask you this now. Um, I really want people to understand the integrity and 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 the love that you have for people in general. Now, I know both your sons. And I'm telling you guys, don't misunderstand this and do not get it twisted because Mr. Vitosh does not play about his two babies. One of them, <laughs> one of them was, was, was there before he got married. And I'm going to tell you, what did you do to show that you loved your wife and it wasn't about her color, it was about you loving her? What did you do to prove to her and show the world what kind of man and what kind of character you had had in you? What did you do? Well, I'm assuming you're referring to when when I met Jackie, and Xavier was, uh, gosh, he was about a year old 
uh, from a previous relationship that didn't work. And, uh, you know, when I fell in love with my wife, well, at that time fiance, I asked her to marry me. And then once uh, I had asked her to, uh, once we got married, to adopt because, you know, I viewed Xavier as my own son. I mean, I, 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 I don't, I never introduced him as a stepson because that's not, that's not how I view him. I mean, I view him like I gave him life. I mean, that's, that's just and, how I view him. And, I mean, that's. And, and y'all, and let me, let me tell you from someone who's known them for 20 something years, I didn't even know that he wasn't his son. I just thought he took him off the black side. I really did. I didn't know. I looked at his hair and I was like, uh. Uh, they, they didn't get his, he didn't get his daddy's texture at all, did he? I had no idea because he he loved this kid like he was his. It, it just didn't it didn't even matter. And guess what? His son did not even see it any differently. Matter of fact, nobody that know knew them saw it any differently because it was genuine love. It was not about color. It was about love. Him loving this child and taking this child and treating him just like he was his. And all I can say, he still didn't get your hair. I'm telling you, he didn't get none of your hair. He got all his mom's side. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> but, well, so, uh, how, all, okay. All of, Dor- all of Miss Dorothy's listeners, we just need to pray for. That's all we need to do. We just need to pray for Miss Dorothy. <laughs> Yes, y'all pray for me, pray for me, because I just didn't know what I was doing. But anyway, <laughs> now, how did, how did that, how long before your second son was born, how long did your your older son get to stay the only child? Uh, they're seven years apart. So, so for seven so years, you walked around, for seven years, I know you did, you walked around proudly, this is my son, and introduced him as uh, Vitas Jr. or whatever you call them, Zay Vitas. Now, how did people be? How did people treat you all? How did they view that? Because you know, you can obviously tell at some point not by not by the the, the character that you, you you displayed, but by the color that was there. How did people did people ever view that or say anything about that to you? I know you probably lit into them if they even thought they were going to, but I'm just saying. I'm just trying to put some more meat on the plate. That's all. I'm trying to get some gravy and some biscuits and stuff so we can stop this up real good. So how did people how did people did they ever come at you wrong and ask you when you would say this is my son? Did people ever say anything different to you? And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I'm asking that after you answer your question. After you answer the question. Sure, I'm just sure. curious. Um, you know what? I never had any major incidents. We we never had an instance uh, that I can recall uh, that ha- had anyone come to us in an ugly manner. Now we did have a lady, um, much like yourself. You know, she and I don't know if she just didn't have a clue, or she she thought it was kind of like you know she had the same thought process as you, but she. So I didn't even know that that wasn't, you know, that wasn't your uh, biological son. And I, I looked at her. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I <laughs> maybe maybe she just thought that, you know, it was uh, he got more mom's genes. I don't know, you know. But well, it, it, it wasn't even ugly. I mean, I can speak for her because I'm telling you, the love that you show towards Zay, I'm telling you, listen, y'all, when I tell you, you do not know the difference 
This man does not make a difference. He will he will lay down his life for either one of his boys, and he will take your life. If you if it came between him and his boys and you, I'm telling you, you're gone. I'm sorry. He will go. He if you ain't gone, he's gonna be gone. He might as well go ahead and get him. But now they all kind of like that about each other. They come. They they, well, they come. They come now. Especially since Lil Cam is in a karate movie or whatever it is, you you don't want to just mess with them three. No, you don't. Never mind. We ain't gonna talk about. It. But they nah, all are they, they are good people. They love and they have been raised so well. Now, let me ask you this. And the reason why I say this is because my grandsons are biracial. They're Hispanic right. and black and, 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 and thank God because they're gonna be bilingual. Yes, they are, yes. They're teaching me. <laughs> so now what I get is I have one who has um has that that as they call it, good hair, and one that took more after his mother, and one that took more after my son. And I I I I, I hear people ask me sometimes, oh, is he mixed? They're asking about the older one, but they're not asking about the right. younger one. And so right. sometimes I get a little, I get a little, I get you know I'm the real so I get a little salty. Now you know. Now, you know both my babies cute. Both of them may not, one of them may not have the straight hair, but they both cute. You better say they both cute because they are. They're both adorable. But I kind of sometimes get a little sensitive because people people ask questions instead of just saying they're handsome. They always right. have something to say about they with such physical and visual people. It is so Sad. Instead of them looking and saying, "What handsome young man or what cute little boy," they'll say, "Is he mixed?" Well, both of them are. Yep. And did you ever run into that sometimes once your other son was born? You know, I, I did get that. You mean once Cameron was born or before he was born? No, once he was born and you were walking with, you had both of your children together. And and Cam, Cam, now Cam did get in that crib. You know, Cam got a little bit of your hair now. Now, you know, I'm just oh, saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But no, to answer your question, you know what? I, you know, I'll just say this. I love both my boys uh, with all my heart. Like I said, I don't, I don't view them any different. I view them they came from the woman I love, uh, and it's my two sons. Hey, there was nothing that I wouldn't do, you know, for I know that. Hey, Craig, I'm going to have to take a quick break real quickly because I'm going to have to um, break for a second. Hey, viewers, y'all hang on. Of course, you know, I'm the reality coach. Let me tell you what's going on. I'm running out of battery power. I got to go get my charger. So you guys listen to this song, Craig, and I will be right back, and I'm going to tell you, we're going to put some Kool-Aid and some tea and some water on the table when we get back at the taboo table. So y'all hang on. We'll be right back, okay? Hold on. Craig, I'll be right back. Enjoy the song. You got it. You're listening to Dorothy Patterson, the reality reality show, right now on TPV Radio. Hold on. This is the season I will be leaving 
to a place that's uncomfortable, uncomfortable, I will believe, all doubt unbelieving, they cannot stand me.
innocent life is taken in the name of hatred. So hard to take. And if we think that it's all good, then we're mistaken. Cause my heart is breaking. Are you left? Are you right? Pointing fingers, taking sides. for inspiration. You're listening to Dorothy Patterson, the reality, the reality show, show, right now on TPV Radio. Okay, welcome.
Welcome back, everybody. Hey, Craig, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay, now what I was telling people on the on, on that was still viewing, I wanted to see. I wanted to to see. Well, I'm gonna try to get a phone call because I want to talk about how you raise your children and how they're taught to love from the inside, not the outside. And I think people who have children that are, are, are from different, that are multicultured, they're, they're, they teach their children to love from the inside versus the outside. And I feel like if we could all learn from children how to love from the inside, not the outside. I mean, if you're playing, I mean, Look at the kids now. If you're playing fair with me, we're going to play fair with you. We don't care what color you are. As long as you're doing what is right. If you're doing the right thing, we love. So so that was one of the things that I'm sure that when, when, were your boys ever faced with the fact that one was lighter than the other or one was darker than the other or one, were they ever faced with anything like that? And well, no, so, I really don't. Yeah, and and here's here's you. First of all, I'm going to go on exactly what you uh, started out with. Hate hate is learned. Exactly. Kids don't look at kids don't look at each other. Little kids don't look at each other. And they go, oh, that's my friend Tommy. Uh, uh, that's that's my friend Tommy. He's a black uh, boy, or uh, he. They don't go, hey, that's Larry. My white friend, they go, that's Tommy, that's Larry. That's my best friend. We've seen the videos over social media over the past few years of the two kids running at each other, a little uh, white child and a, and a black child running at each other and hugging. They've seen, you know, hate is learned. Hate is not, not you're not born with hate. You're, you're born at, to, to be, because God doesn't, well, once again, my faith, Christianity, you're not you're not born with hatred in your heart. That's not how God makes you. Uh, and and I don't I can't speak for other religions because I'm not in other religions. But I do know I do have friends of other faith, and they say the same exact thing from their teachings. So and mm-hmm. I don't know if you don't believe in anything. If you believe in the tree out there, you still don't didn't grow up hating someone because that's what that's just the way you were born. You're 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 taught to hate. You're taught to not like someone, or by by the speak, uh, or the speech that's in your in your community, the way you grew up. So sometimes I tell people this a lot of the times, and I've had candid conversations with people. You know, listen, some people, and I'm not blaming any certain group, but some people don't know better until they until they're taught or they're actually. Have a conversation with someone that maybe can help them see what's really going on in this world. Uh, some of these people that that have hate in their heart, they don't. Well, now let me just tell you this, Craig. I'm gonna keep it 100 percent real. Now, I do know for a fact that we see color, but we also see the humanity in people, and that's where we need to get back to. We need to teach that. Okay, you kind of going. I, I can't hardly. I can't hardly hear you, Craig. I, I I don't know. It sounds like you're away from your phone. For sex orientation, they are. I don't care if they're uh-huh. straight. Can you hear me? Yes, perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't care if you're you're straight, 
gay, bi, white, black, Hispanic, Christian, Muslim, uh, whether whatever country you're from, I don't care if you're whatever political party you're involved. Listen, God didn't teach us to, to hate each other. We're to love each other, and we're supposed to be compassionate with each other. Now, do you have differences with each with people? Sure, that's just that's just the way it's going to be. But also, we need to love one another. Ultimately. Absolutely. Well, now, now, Craig, let me just go back to this. Uh, now, I do know that when I hear children say certain things, I know it had to come from an adult because they just don't they don't have the they don't know that. So it has to come from adults. It has to. Sure. And, and, and and parents and grown people, be cognizant of what you say in front of children. Please, please. Hey, uh, Craig, I hear that we have callers on the line. Uh, uh, are you ready to take some questions or give some feedback or listen to sure. some comments? Oh, awesome. Well, okay, like I, okay. Well, Go like ahead. I tell people, I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I can give you my, my true honest opinion. <laughs> and I know you will. I know you will. Okay, well, Chris, let's see what we got going on. Can we get a caller on the line? Uh, yes, Coach. We have our first caller of the night, caller 3947. 3947, you are live with the reality coach and special guest, Craig Vitage. Good afternoon. Well, hello, hello, and welcome. Can you hear us clearly? I'm sorry? Caller, are you there? Uh, I can hear you, but yeah, I, I I'm think, sorry. I think, yeah, I think they they might just be listening, and I'll put them back on mute. Uh, thank you, caller, for calling in. We'll get back to you if time allows. Okay, Dorothy, we have another caller on the line. Of course, this this uh, caller is uh, automatically secured, so I don't have to read the number. So, caller. Welcome to Dorothy Patterson, Reality Coach, with special guest Greg Batage. Good evening. Well, hello, hello, and thank you so much for listening in. You have a question or a comment or just want to talk to us. We'll listen and we'll talk. Are you there? Okay. Well, we're back. We're batting 0 for 2, so here we go. We got we got some more calls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for calling, caller. Uh, 5560-5560, you are on the line with Dr. Patterson, the reality coach, and special guest, Craig Batage. Good evening. Oh, we, is that a live voice? Oh, my goodness. Say that again. Did I hear someone say good evening? Good evening. No, that was. There we go. Oh, hey. Okay, I think I know this voice. Is this is this the is this Miss Drama? Miss Drama? Well is this you What this is usually called uh well yes. Five two two one. Yes, that's usually but my my phone was acting up so I'm having a call from another phone. Sorry. Oh, that's awesome. Well, go ahead. Okay. Now, Craig, this is a firecracker. You ready? You so right because you know who it is. Are you ready, Craig? Buckle down and brace yourself. This is Miss Firecracker. (laughs) That's all right. Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm well. Thank you. Uh, Yes, ma'am. 
First of all, I have a, a comment before I ask you a question. I have uh, something that I like to say. Years ago, I lived in an apartment, and it was predominantly uh, occupied by Caucasians, and there were very few blacks. And one day, I was walking into my house, and there were two little boys. They couldn't have been any more. They weren't school age because they had, wasn't in school, uh, not even kindergarten. But they were playing in the yard, and I came up, and I said, I said, hi. And there were no adults around that I saw, but I, she was, had, was sitting on the steps. I just didn't see her. So I was like, well, who's out here with you? Where's your mom? And the Caucasian little boy said, I'm not allowed to talk to niggers. But he was playing, oh, with, a, he was playing with a black kid. So I, I brought that up because to to, to solidify what? what you said, uh, Dorothy, that kids, they don't know. Mm-hmm. So he was playing with a black boy and told me that he didn't talk to niggers. Wow. And I looked oh, around, I'm like, what in the world? I didn't even know what to say. And his mother uh, quickly came over and apologized. And I didn't even talk to her because what are you apologizing for? You or somebody is teaching this kid something. But, um, and I, I just didn't even know what to say. I just kind of walked off. But what do you teach? I mean, what do you do you teach your kids? If a white kid is going to be taught a different way than a black kid. You have to tell your black child something because they run into prejudice situations and different things. So early uh, in life now, you know, when they start school, you probably might be a good time. You have to start teaching them about them may have in the face being prejudiced. And I have never, I don't, I really never figured out I got one child, and I never really addressed it with her until something came up, and when she would come and tell me something, I would sit down and talk to her. But I was wondering, uh, Craig, do you have any uh, any input on what would a black person or a, a non-white person, how would they prepare and teach their kids perhaps about coming up against prejudice issues or trying to pre-alert them that things might, ha- you know, may happen. Sure. Well, and, and once again, that's why um, I'm, and, and first of all, thank you for being candid with your, with, with that, because this is where the conversation where people will get scared of, or they're going to be uncomfortable and I want people, I want people of all races to hear this because I do want them to hear it coming from a white male that has been in a black household, uh, uh, in a racial household, because we t- teach our children, we, we, t- we taught them to love all sides of people. And if they do encounter stuff like that, to stick up for themselves, but also to kill them with, with, with love, protect themselves, and also, if they have issues, they bring it back to us so we can address it with. Now, we were fortunate. Our children grew up in a very interracial area uh, where we live. 
we live in an area that has a lot of mixed families. So our children were very, uh, and, and I don't know if that's a, an advantage. Um, it wasn't, we didn't think of that on purpose, uh, but it happened to be the area that we chose. Uh, schools were obviously very uh, integrated and mixed here. And our children, when they grew up, they had friends from all different races. So, in fact, sure. the, the beauty the beauty thing, the beautiful thing of this is our children grew up with other races, and those kids still go to bat for each other today. They, it, it, my, my son has friends that are white, black, Hispanic, Asian. I mean, he, he knows he, he has friends from all, all you know, it's, it's a big multicultural friendship, and, and both of my sons do. Um, so the, 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 and, and I pray that this happens. I pray that I see it in my lifetime. I pray that as we get older and older, the younger generation, and I think we're seeing a little bit of it, especially right now, the fight is coming from everybody. It's not just black people have to be by themselves on this or Hispanic people have to be by themselves or Asian people have to be by themselves. The stereotypes are breaking down because people are friends with everyone. Everyone lives everywhere. People love every culture and race. So as that old, hopefully, I'm hoping, I pray, that that, that that hatred will get driven out eventually, and I hope to see it in my lifetime. I really do. So, so, so Craig, let me, let, me, let me put a little more, let me give you a, a little more hot sauce. Um, now, what, I what, like hot sauce. what, yeah, that hot sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. We fixing this plate at the table table. We got the meat on there. So let me say this. So how does how does it how does it um when you being you being a white male, uh call I, I think you really first of all, let me say am I correct when I say that you want him to answer you being a white male, how do you talk to your sons who are mixed with, with, with black? What do you teach them when they go out in the streets? Do you tell them about the circumstances? Do you share with them from your culture? Like, example, hey, son, I know I am of this nationality, but look, this can happen. You don't get the same yes. privileges that I get. Do you do you have to have those kind of conversations? And I know you say that you, you, uh, you moved in an area where everything is multicultural and everything is going on where people are playing with each other. But when they come out of that area, you've got to prepare them for the what if, because everybody don't know that their daddy is white until their daddy shows Definitely. up. Definitely. Right. And that's, that's actually happened. Uh, in fact, there's a couple of scenarios that come up in my mind. So to answer that question and to be, to be more direct, yes, we, we, because obviously my wife, uh, being a black woman, she was able to at least give them that side where I, once again, I, I've always said this, I can't speak for the black race because I'm not a black male. So I don't know the struggles. But what I can do is I can see what my wife talks about and what, and what she goes through and where she's from. Uh, I mean, she's from the deep south. So I, I saw, you know, I've seen uh, – racial things go on. I've seen where I've come from where um, 
the looks from different from different ethnic you know from different cultures looking at us when we were a young couple uh did it bother me no not at all i could care less uh i was and my wife could care less because we were we were we were taught that uh both of us were taught that so we instilled that in our children that hey listen the, the world's not perfect we we never uh sugarcoated anything with our children they'll tell you in fact <laughs> they'll both tell you that we're we're actually very brutal, honest parents. Uh, we would tell hmm. them, "Hey, listen, well, I can you're going to encounter good. certain things." You know, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, so I'm not going to say the town, but uh, my, you know, I've we've had to go through that conversation where my, our son, uh, when he was in high school, uh, he was with a, a group of friends. Uh, my oldest one, he's with a group of friends, and they were in a couple of Honda Civics. Now we're talking two small cars. They were going to a, a birthday party. They were on their way. They had just left the gas station when a police officer, they were surrounded by police, and they were pulled over, and they were told to get out of the car. They were outside of the car because they were told that they were uh, people that fit their they description. Fit the description. They fit the description. Yep. See, I knew what you were going to say before that. And, 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 and get this, they fit the description for, for someone that just stole 200 tires. Now, my son immediately said, and they wanted to search the car. My son goes, why would you want to search the car? Where are we going to put 200 tires? Now, he doesn't understand. He does now. But he thought, well, I'm just going to call my dad, and my dad will come to, you know, he'll, he'll come talk to you. Well, we told my, my, my wife and I have had this candid conversation with our sons. Your job is to get home safe and get back to us safe. So, you know, as much as you can, you answer candidly, and then you tell them that they can call that we own the car at that time. He was a younger child, a younger male, that to contact us because we're the owners of the car. They can't search without our permission. And and but he, when he asked the cop that, where are we going to put two hundred tires? The police officers got upset with him. Of course. You know. Oh, he wasn't supposed to have that. He wasn't supposed. He was too smart mouth. He was he he he's too intelligent. You can't be you can't be black and ask logical questions. You can't not black and young male being stopped by the smarter white cop. No, not no. And I'm sorry, you guys. It may not be that way, but that's the way it appears to be. Well, and that's and listen, I, I have like a lot of us out here in this world. You know someone, or I I, I have family members and, and friends that are police officers in different parts of uh, the United States. And I, I, I fear for them daily because they of a hard job they have. Do I obviously think that there's some bad ones out there? Yes. They, my, my friends have, have said that. My police officer friends, they've said there's bad cops out here. Uh, that doesn't mean that all of us are bad, and we all know that, obviously. But do they need to police them? Do they need to be held accountable? Yes, they do. Um, you know, is that what? No, obviously, this is not what the Nomi Project was about. It's two hours. But we do need to address. We do need to address, and we need we need to get better. We need to get better. Okay, Carla, do you okay. have any other comments? Uh, I I did want to say that it does. If and when you're black, there. There's more than one type of prejudice that you have to face. 
I had one child, and my daughter graduated from Dockinville High School, and I uh, lived in Dockinville in a, in a nice area. And so she, her exposure was limited. And I figured out afterwards that it really wasn't a good thing that I didn't talk to her. I waited until she came to me with an issue. But in any case, she went first, when she left Duncanville, she went to a all-black school. And yeah. she was not prepared. I didn't even, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize myself that her leaving from where her environment going to all black school that it was going to be an experience for her so she experienced so she experienced prejudice even going to a, a all black school so she didn't she left there and then she went to SMU and oh my god it was awful she quit she did not finish and at that time, I worked at SMU, and I had uh, only had to pay 20% tuition. She did not finish. So I'm saying to say this, it's not just color prejudice, like from hateful white people. You get prejudice from some hateful black people as well, and you be black. You know, we as blacks, we don't want to... We don't want to talk on that subject, but it is still an issue. Understood. Well, right. uh, well you were... go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And uh, Craig, you were, you know, you were saying that, you know, you just teach your kids to love. I taught her to love and we grew up in church, but when you get out there in the real world and you're dealing with people that are not Christians in their heart, it, it, that just don't cut it all the way sometimes. Sure. Agreed. So Agreed. I, that's, right. I totally agree with you. And, and that's why we, we told them, you know, we, we taught them to be, you know, a little bit to be street smart. Like I said, we didn't sugarcoat anything because, you know, we, we all, all want our kids to grow up with a little bit of, you know, innocence, right? Yeah. But we also, right. and, and we did, we, we gave them enough innocence, but we also gave them enough reality where, Hey, listen. Right. Not everybody's your friend. Not a, don't trust everyone. Uh, unfortunately, we're, that's the world we live in, uh, and that doesn't mean that you know you can't still try to achieve that. Um, but our our ultimate goal was to make sure that they, at the end of the day, that they're safe and they know how to handle themselves uh, out and be constructive young men. Um, we got to be better. We got to do better. Okay. Well, well, one last question. For your guests, and I'll be done. In your yes, interracial, ma- in your interracial marriage, did it have? Did, did you ever have a time when there were uh, uh, something going on or incident that made you feel uncomfortable with you being white and her being black, or vice versa? Did she ever tell you a time? When it was a uh, incident or something going on where she felt uncomfortable at that time that she was black and you were white, uh, definitely. Uh, there was, without getting too specific of of the situation, right? But I can I can tell you that there was numerous times that she made me aware uh, when some and and once again. 
coming from my world, uh, and I don't, I hate to, I hate the, the stereotypical white privilege uh, speak, but I will say I understand it is now what, it what is. that means. Right. Right. So I'll, I will say this. I do understand when she tells me certain things, say, hey, listen, I, I felt uncomfortable because of this, that I looked at with a different perspective. And that's right. how I and learned even view over, it over the years. Yes, ma'am. And, and so, you know, because obviously we're from two different, not only cultures, but we're from two different areas where we grew up. So right. when she would tell me something, whether it's, whether it's we're visiting somewhere, whether it's visiting with people or an area or whatever, she would tell right. me certain things and I would listen. But I learned those things over – it became a learned thing for me over the years that I was able to at least then notice stuff myself uh, without right, having right. to say something. And, and don't get me wrong. Because of the love people, you have for her. Sure, sure. And, and, and the love I have for my children where I wanted to learn – so I did understand where she was coming from. And once again, I always tell people, I don't have all the answers, but I have at least I can give you my perspective of what I've seen and what I've learned right. and what I've heard. So, you know, that's that's the best I can do. And I hope well, I thank know. you. Thank you so much uh, yeah. for the firecrackers. And we'll, look, yeah. we'll hear from you again on next Monday, Miss Firecracker. Thank you for that insightful information, your comments. <laughs> thank and we you. We really appreciate you. All right. Bye bye. Did it have a good evening? Did we yes, have another caller on the line? Great, great answers and great response. Thank you so much. Uh, do we have another caller? Oh, she was wonderful. Yes, we do. We have uh, two more callers on the line. So, caller eight eight two nine eight eight two nine. You are on the air with Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, and special guest Greg Mataj. Good night. Hello? Well, hello there. Can you hear us clearly? Yeah, can you hear me? Absolutely. Well, welcome, uh, welcome, sir. Thank you. Uh, what did you call me? I said sir. Oh, sir, I thought you said sly. I'm like, well, I am kind of sly. <laughs> oh, well, hey, well, you can be sly, sly guy, whatever you want to be. What you, what okay. you want me to call you? <laughs> hey, 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 hey Miss Dorothy, Miss Dorothy, I know who this is. For probably forty years now, mm-hmm. and uh, he is one of the most authentic people that I've ever met. A little too real and, sometimes, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good too. But um, God, anyway, God love you, um, Bobby. God love you. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Um, but anyway, I, I'm just really proud to be in part of this know me movement. Um, once he sent that out, being a gay male in Nebraska, I was just like, you know, it's all about knowing me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, he- I was like, well, hell yes, I'm going to make a video. So I made a video and I posted it and, you know, and I don't want to distract from everything going on now. Cause that's obviously horrible. Um, but anyway, I was proud to be able to contribute, you know, my viewpoint of it. And let me, Craig is uh, awesome. let me add, I don't mean to cut, 
I don't mean to cut you off, but I think you said you're you are a gay male. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you well you definitely in Nebraska. You definitely know about you know about racism. You 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 know about discrimination. Let me put it that way. And they run hand in hand because they're both cruel as they can be. Cruel, very yeah. cruel. You know, and I guess the one point I I also want to make is that you know it's like I understand you know, the Black Lives Matters movement and this and that. And they always, you always get this backlash about how, how can you compare the gay movement to what blacks are going through and this and that. But it, it, it's not really about comparing it. It's about, you know, it's about, um, you know, being. Um, Heard. The pain, the pain, yeah. the pain. Yeah, no, knowing me, and it's about prejudice and and this and that. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, I, I well, it's it's very... ultimately it's about being heard, right? Yeah. So so that's, yeah, that's because, why that's listen, why I made my video. Yeah, and that, and and what Bobby's referring to is, and this is actually a phase that we're going to be rolling out this week. And once again, I'll I'll post more information for you, Miss Dorothy, so you can share it with your listeners. But we're actually Bobby and another gentleman uh, here in Dallas made a quick little about twenty to twenty-five second clip of them stating who they are. Uh, you can actually go to my Facebook page and see it. Um, uh, like I said, I'll put I, I put that on uh, on your blog, but I'll put the link. But okay. it's a, it's 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 virtually of them stating who they are, and that they're um, for example one of my friends. Uh, that you'll see, uh, his name is Scott. He, he put on that he's uh, a father, he's a brother, he's a son, he's an entrepreneur, he's a he's a um, uh, what is he? Oh, an author. Uh, he's a businessman. Know me. And then the same thing Bobby did. Bobby, uh, that's on the call right now. Um, I'm sorry, I should call him Robert. I'm sorry, you know, Bobby. I've known <laughs> him. Slide. I've known him since. Fly guy, uh, but he, you know, he, he stated the same thing. He stated, "I'm a male. I, I, I'm, I'm a, a son. I'm a, I'm a gay male living in Nebraska. Know me. This is his struggle, and that's why Know Me was created. It was not, once again, it was not about black, white. It was about all races, all ethnicities, all uh, genders, all sexual orientations. It's we need to break these stereotypes." And we need to stop this injustice. The social and racial so, injustice has to stop. So, so Miss Dorothy. Mhm. Uh, by the way, yes, you're Sly awesome. Guy. Sly Guy, what is the Sly Guy? You know, you have a wonderful yeah. voice. I sure hate you. I sure hate you. And you know, I'm just saying. You know, I had gotten. I, I was getting ready to put on a real cute voice. I really was. But okay, so, I, I'll leave that alone. Okay. So, <laughs> Sly Guy. So uh, I, I got a, a quick quick story for you about the the purpose of this whole know me movement. Okay. And um, one, once I posted this, there's a, a a gay guy in Nebraska in my in the town I live in, and he reached mm-hmm. out to me once he saw wow. the video, and he's going to be a senior in high school. He's a in football, basketball, you know, whatever have you. And, you know, he's, he's scared to death about coming out with his parents and his friends and, and this and that. And so it just is it, very, 
endearing. Um, so I'm kind of trying to mentor him now, you know, and just like, that you know, hey, it's so, okay. So that, that's that the whole purpose so awesome. is, is, is to have the conversation and to reach out to people. Wow. 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 And I'm so, and thank you. Thank you so much, Robert, for, for being a mentor. And that's what we need. We need mentors out here. It doesn't matter if you can help someone, help them. That is what the know me is all about. Helping people get to know people for who they are and embracing who they are themselves. Let your, right. let your true self be known and, and, it, and everything will work out. I promise you, everything will work, work out. Thank you so much, well, Robert. Um, sly guy, you're going to be sly guy now. <laughs> I, I'm going to be listening from now on. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, and keep me posted on that young man. How's it going for him? And, and whatever you can do, and if there's anything that the reality coach can do, if he wants to come on and share his story or whatever, we'd love to, love to hear that because we're here to embrace each other and help each other live healthy, healthy, happy lives. Awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling me in, Bobby. We have another caller? Uh, yes, ma'am. We have one more caller for tonight. 2890. 2890, you are on the air with Dorothy Patrick and Reality. Special guest, Greg Vitage. Good Good. Uh, actually, good evening now. Good evening. Good evening. Good Good evening. I was not planning on saying anything tonight. I was just calling, just listening in at my wonderful husband deliver his presentation, and I knew that Dorothy would make sure he has a good, hard question uh, coming his way, and I'm so proud of him. I think that uh, 25 years of preparing him for, to be able to answer those questions, um, and I know that he keeps going back to the fact that you know, he's not black, and so he, he doesn't understand. But watching him with his son, you know, because at the end of the day, it's about raising good, productive people in society. We have been blessed enough that our sons, even though they're from a multicultural family, both of their families love them equally. And so I think that that, and with me and my husband and, and Dorothy has met my sisters. We don't sugarcoat anything. And so they know how, and we try to expose them to different neighbor, different areas to make sure that they're prepared. Uh, we don't sugarcoat, even if they played horrible in a game, we don't, we're not going to tell them they played great. We're going to tell them they played horrible and try to figure out what they need to do better the next time. But, uh, Enjoyed it, was only here to listen because this is Craig's moment. And so I want to make sure that his voice, you know, his voice is heard. And, you know, it's about know me. And I think that we spend a lot of time talking just about one thing or another. And like he said, I'm from the country and he's, you know, uh, from the deep south. So I've experienced a lot of things that I'm glad that my children have not. Uh, but I do want to go back to the caller that asked him, have we ever been in a situation that I felt uncomfortable? I will tell you it has been within the last five years that I have that I could go to an event and I'm not looking for the exit. 
And so I have been in situations where no one has done anything or said anything to me, but because I grew up in the deep south, my first thought is to figure out how the ex- where the exit is if something happens. And so, and I know he's going to protect me. I know I don't have anything to worry about, but that is us. And we just need to look at and find ways to make sure that we're not conditioning ourselves to remain in that thought process. But I, wow. I don't want to say anything. Well, 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 you know what? But I'm glad you did because what you just said is just so, so profound and it needed to be said. We do we do need to retrain our thinking. We really do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Batash. And like I said, you, you guys, when I say they don't see the coat, they don't see the coat. And, and truth be told, now, Craig, I'm just going to put you on blast. I done told you, wife, I don't think you're really white. I just want you to know. Oh, goodness. <laughs> y'all pray for me. Y'all, y'all know y'all still got to pray for me. You know that. Yeah. That was, uh, that was my baby. That was your, and, and let me tell you, you guys, um, when she says he will, he will protect her, she is not kidding. I remember an incident happened at my house. When my son, when they came to tell me about my son's death, murder, they were there. And when I tell you, all I saw was this white man come through that door like King Kong. All he said he heard was me scream and his wife was in there. Now, 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 mind you, he did say his wife first. The nerve. He heard me scream, but he was talking about his wife first. Hey, that's a nerve. <laughs> but one thing no, about him, he will... He is a protector of his wife, and he will protect you. All he saw was women and two men at the door and heard a scream. He didn't think anything about it. He didn't think of it, and then it was two white men. He didn't care what color they were. He just knew it was two women in there. Well, the main woman in there, thank you for throwing me in. But the main one was in there. I'm glad she was in there because I'm glad he came through that door like Superman. and, And the thing about it is, you guys, I forgot she. he was coming for her. I fell into his arms. I forgot I wasn't his wife. He wasn't coming for you, girl. He was coming for his wife. <laughs> but that's just how wonderful this man is. And he embraced me, and all he said was, what can we do? What can we do? He didn't see the fact that he saw me. He knows, He got to know me. He knows me. And that's why know me is going to be a spectacular thing, Craig. And if I, if you will, can you close it out? Because we have a beautiful segment all month um, entitled Black Tears. But I want you to get your plugs in and tell us where people can find you and where you and make sure you put your links up uh, and send them to me so I can get them to get them out there. Because I'm telling you, know me Definitely. is a movement, you guys, that you will not believe. Thank you so much. Well, I, you will not believe. Go ahead. That, that's that's a great point because I want what I want know me is like you, you hear people say well I'm not on a diet on diet anymore I'm changing my my way I my eating habits my thought process it's the same thing that we need to do with our thought process of thinking about different different people if someone's not the same as you get to know them let's reach out let's get better at this let's get let's dispel stereotypes just uh, you know, when, once you see the video, and I'm going to share the video uh, with you guys. Like I said, I the, know me is on Facebook. You can actually go to 
type in NOMI, K-N-O-W-M-E. Uh, it's the NOMI movement. The video is on there. Uh, it's a live video. It's about three minutes long, but it's, it's, you're going to understand once you watch it what this, this movement's about. We need to know each other. We need to love one another, and we need to teach, uh, uh, treat each other with a little bit of compassion and humility and love. Uh, this is a movement that I want to keep going because I don't want people just to put this on the back burner anymore. This is not a back burner. It should have never been a back burner conversation, but it, it's become one over the past. Because, for example, uh, what, politics aside, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to. That's why you've never heard me talk anything about politics at all in regards to this, because this has nothing to do with politics. But people are so polarized, polarized with politics in these days and times, and that's a whole other conversation. But people want to put their stamp on things with their politics. I keep telling people, forget about what politics have done. Forget where politics is going. This is about – this is not just a white and black thing anymore. This is about every race needs to come together. We need to stamp out stereotypes. We need to stamp out – Racial injustice and social injustice We need to be one The saying is United we stand, divided we fall That's not just a saying That's not just something that one race brought uh, that thought of This was something our country is supposed to be founded on This is something our country is supposed to believe in We need to be together T- Together Amen. we stand We stand together it doesn't matter who you are, love one another. And once again, male, uh, female, transgender, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're black, white, green, purple, uh, polka dotted. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you're gay, straight, white, uh, lesbian. Uh, uh, I don't care if you're uh, Muslim. Uh, I don't care if you're – we are all here to live together and to get along. Now, do we have to like each other and, 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 and like everything about each other? No. But guess what? Let's have conversations. Let's open up conversations with people that you have. And, and I'm not saying being ugly. I'm saying what's, there's an old adage, we can agree to disagree sometimes. We've forgot about that. We've gotten so, uh, so filled with hate that for example, I've stayed off Facebook for a long time until about a few months ago where I got back on because of the hatred that was being spewed. And once again, this has nothing to do with politics. I'm just saying people could not control themselves to go after each other. We need to love one another, and we need to speak up for one another. And I'm talking about everyone. I'm talking about if you see the, young, the, the, the firecracker, I believe you called her, yes. the young lady. She talked about uh, uh, racism between uh, just uh, of the, the, within the black race, right? Mm-hmm. So, so say no to that. Enough is enough is enough. No more racism anywhere. I don't care if it's white, black, Hispanic. Once again, it does not matter who you are. This needs to be stamped out, and we need to take a stand. There's no more room for hatred. And, and uh, racial uh, injustice anymore. No more room. Oh, awesome, awesome. And I just, 
Okay, and 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 um, Craig, your video uh, it has been shared on the uh, Facebook page at TPV Radio as well. So you guys can go on there and you look in the comments. Awesome. Everything is there. And Craig, thank you for such an awesome interview. I couldn't ask a better person. I can't know a better set of people. And I just thank, thank you, you, and I love you and your wife so much. And when I tell you, you guys are a unit. You are a unit, and I love you guys. And thank you for always being here for me without prejudice. Hey, so I appreciate good. it very much. Much love, thank and thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. Hey, remember, know me. Go check out the video. Wear it again, Craig, real quickly. You you can go right on Facebook and find it on Know Me Movement. Uh, it's the K N O W M E Movement M O V E M E N T. It's on Twitter at Know Me Movement. It's at uh, Instagram at Know Me Movement. <laughs> so everything's. But once again, go to Facebook. Uh, since you're on Facebook, probably right now listening or or on uh, watching on live. But you can go to the – we'll post the link. You can just click on it. Uh, you can join the Know Me Movement, or you can just watch the video, share the video. I don't – share it as many times as you can share it until then I want you to challenge other people to share it. Let's get this thing shared so people can start coming together. Hey, and – okay, and hey, Craig, uh, let me tell you this. We are – TTV Radio uh, has been nominated for the Spin Award. So if you guys can go and vote, that would be awesome because we would love to awesome. win. We would love to love, love win because I'm telling you, this radio network is doing some good things. So you guys can vote at www.thespinawards.com. All you need is your email and vote. We're in four different categories, I believe. And, again, I'm Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach. Thank you all for tuning in. Big shout-outs to uh, Angie, uh, Holly, Willa, Pamela, Jackie, Deborah. Uh, Christopher, Sandra, Keith, Jeanette. Uh, if I forgot some people, I'm so sorry, but I gotta go. Tammy, Tammy Edwards, Tammy Joe uh, Strong, Alexis, Michael. Um, just who? If I forgot somebody, you guys, hey, click like, love, share, whatever you're gonna do. Always remember Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, and every Monday at 6 p.m. Can you play my closing clip, please? Christopher, thank, thank you, you so much, much for being here. The album coach speaks black tears. You've cried and lied. Some have even died, and yet you are not satisfied. Still crying your black tears too many years later, blaming your mistakes on years of white privilege. Your shame. It's on you. Dry your eyes. Here's why. Your black tears has made your vision blue. You've lost sight of what's right. What is it going to take for you to stop sleeping while years of white privilege remains away? You changed your core values. It was the black tears of those before you who set standards. Oh, how disappointed they must be at what they see. Today, black tears cry for power killing each other hour upon hour. Yet you say it's years of white privilege's fault. This may be true, but only to some degree. You've allowed your heart to become vaults of hate, afraid to take a stand. I'm sure you won't agree. 
You're the white privilege remembers when black tears used to band together and hold hands. You're the white privilege. Your mission is complete. We've broken your bond. Focusing on our privilege has turned you against each other. Convincing you to treat one another like strangers instead of brothers. You have no love for one another. This should be the end of years of white privilege. But of course it isn't. This is part one. I encourage you to listen to part two. If you can, find the courage. Expectly yours, years of white privilege. TPV Radio, Central Texas. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.